Naps can be one of the trickiest things to get to work for you and your family. They happen a lot at first, ah, sometimes, then they happen less, and one day they don't happen at all. But how and where they happen can be a source of stress and friction. I'm Kat Cuby, broadcaster, author, and I seem to only be able to nap if I'm watching a movie or a series I really want to. And this is Sarah Carpenter, author, baby and child, sleep expert, and nighttime napper, because you basically just take little kips. <laughs> I think, the night. think my best nap is from half six in the morning until eight o'clock. Oh, I would love that it's nap. That's what my husband nap. does. I'm oh. up with the kids. But I've been up all night. Yeah. <laughs> and then true, I have that one sure. nap. But yeah, it's the base. That's why I don't like school mornings. <laughs> totally gets in the way of my nap. You're such a big kid. <laughs> I, I like school. <laughs> Together, we are the Sleep Mums. Over the years, I've struggled to find the perfect piece of kit that works for all ages. I've now found it. No, I found it. <laughs> okay. The Yoto Mini comes to me with every job. Working with a range of ages means I need everything from white noise to brown noise right through to children's stories. One of the best features is that the volume is controlled from the app. So if I'm using it as part of settling, I can start the process before even going into the room. If I have an older child, I'll go through the app with them and we will pick a relaxing story together to listen to before bedtime. Then in the morning, we can celebrate a good night's sleep with a wee dance to Yoto Radio. It's super easy to set up, straightforward for adults and children from age three to use, durable and compact. It ticks all the boxes. If I could have designed a perfect player to help support sleep, Yoto would be it. Find out more at yotoplay.com. Contact napping is where a baby, toddler or child spends their nap with all or part of their body in contact with their parent or caregiver. It's lovely, it's necessary, it's part of parenthood, but it can also be intense and tiring for you. I don't think I'd heard the term contact napping when my eldest was born, so is this a new thing, Sarah? And what does it mean over and above that you're in contact, like I said, with your child? Yeah, so I think the term contact napping is relatively new. I think we've always known that, you know, you can let your child sleep on you. Yeah. And that was simply what it was. You were letting your child sleep on you. And that is still what it is, but it's referred to now as contact napping. It, 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 I think, is there a mo- an old, like, alien movie called Contact or something? That I, that's what I think of every time I hear it's like, contact. Like, I don't know, you're reaching through the, the other side. I don't know. I actually don't really like it as a phrase because it feels a bit impersonal to me, actually. When it's such like cuddle nap or no, maybe that's I think really you maybe just like put a lot of people off contact napping <laughs> by referring to it as an alien. alien. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think it really needs a buzz term yeah. to make, make it what it yeah. is. It is you're comforting your baby and letting them sleep on you. That is yeah. it. That's what it is. Or like you said, one part of you is touching them. So. For a lot of people, they think a contact nap is that that when they fall asleep on them and are, their whole body is on them. But actually, contact nap could be that they're just holding one finger through the cot. That is still a contact nap because they are holding a part of you. They're relying on a part of you yeah. to sleep. And if you remove yourself, that sleep doesn't happen. 
It's interesting because I do think most people see it as falling asleep in like mm-hmm. in arms or as you say on yep. the body or even a kind of co-sleeping Definitely, situation. Yeah. But and even in the slang. Yeah. So a lot of people don't ever associate, you know, they'll say, oh no, we never have contact yeah. naps, we never let them sleep on us. And then they'll be like, oh, so today they did an hour and a half in the sling. Yeah. There you go. So It's, um, well, I, did, I think because it's a bit of a weird term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it really fully explains what it is. Yeah. Contact napping doesn't really explain what we're referring to but but because if you actually go into the nitty-gritty of it being well that could be a finger it could be a sling nap or like actually it's covering so many different things it's not that useful and then people do just tend to focus in on on it being a one singular thing and presumably the way if you're wanting to stop it the way you manage those things is going to be really different from say if you only do say you do sling naps where you're out for mm-hmm. a walk that's can all naps or you always lie on the sofa or you yep. just let your child hold on to your finger those are going to be really different ways you manage mm-hmm. switching it up if that's what you're yeah. wanting to do Definitely. yeah it's not a one-size-fits-all in the early days when oh sorry just played footsie with you <laughs> In the early days when I had brought my baby home, sometimes, although actually never with my (laughs) eldest, they would fall asleep after a feed and then we'd have a lovely snuggle and it was just beautiful. Those are those kind of halcyon moments. And it didn't happen all the Mm. time, but sometimes it does. And actually occasionally now we're talking about sling naps, like there's nothing I like more than a wee walk when you know he falls asleep or actually I kind of love traveling you know when they're on the airplane and they like fall asleep on you because it just feels so treasured now anyway sorry I'm I'm going (laughs) off and being all wistful and but like talk to me about when contact napping works like it's obviously it's a lovely it can be a lovely thing so when I think about contact napping or sleeping on you it kind of to me is like cluster feeding you can plan your cluster feeding and you can plan your contact naps mm-hmm. if you want to do it. Yeah. So when it works is anytime it's working for you. If you want to do contact naps of whatever variety, whether that's fully on you, in the sling, holding a finger, holding a bit of hair, if you want to do that... Holding and, a bit of hair? Oh my God, it's so common. Really? So, yeah, children like... Oh, twisting it. Twists it round. I actually know somebody who's just um, had a wig made so that they can leave the hair... With the child when they go out. Wow. Yeah. The mental things we do. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that is... You can see the logic because they are just like, oh, my God, I don't know how to get away from this, but I need some space. Yeah. So that's what they've done. Take care. (laughs) So it's working for you when it's working for you. That's when it works. And if that works forever, that's totally fine because it's working. It stops working when either the baby or child isn't getting a deep enough sleep or a long enough nap or you need to remove yourself you know you might be going back to work you might just want a life you might want to do something else you might have another baby so many situations and scenarios where you can no longer contact nap if you have been doing that and that's when it stops working and you need to make a change i saw um and I guess this would work in the thing, but I saw someone who was like talking up why we should 
all do contact naps all the time and it was saying it's such a nice thing to do when you've got another child just let your baby sleep on you and the other one can play nicely beside you I was like what planet <laughs> what parenthood do you live on because like if, if anything that that is the point I probably would have done it more with four, yeah. but it was just impossible my tummy keeps rumbling I do apologize and <clears throat> um, yeah I probably would have done it more with my second child um but it was impossible with a toddler. Totally. Even even feeding was hard. Uh-huh. I remember feeding Alfie one day. He must have been quite tiny, actually. Yeah, I think I was still at the stage where I was like, I don't know how quickly I can get up because of the section. And I, I could hear Harry in the kitchen. And I was like, oh my God, like, what doing? is going to happen? And he did wander through with a kitchen knife in his hand. So... Wow. You just, you know, I could not have been pinned under a sleeping baby for any duration of time. However, they are lovely. It is lovely when they snuggle in and sleep on you. So if you want to do that, plan your day and plan in a contact nap. And then you've got the variety as well. So it doesn't ever get to the point where it becomes an issue. And if you do want to plan it in... I feel like I've probably just jumped ahead here. But if you want to plan it in, just make sure that you plan it in with lots of people so that it's not just you. Oh, so, I think that's a hard one, though, because I do be think hard, it's usually... Or it can often... It can, particularly when they're little, can often be related to, to feeding. Yes. And um, and then when they're a bit bigger, yeah, okay, it could mix up, but often it is whoever is the main caregiver can is more be. likely to be you know realistically mm-hmm. more likely to be there but that's where if you're planning it you can plan it at a time when there's more than one caregiver involved it doesn't have to be mum or dad it can be anybody else who's involved so you can specify that you'd like them to have a contact nap at nursery and things like that really yeah definitely that's part of your I think I, I'm I'm so like Actually, I know this is going to make me sound a bit nutty, but I'm like, I just want it to be me. I can tell that that's exactly what you're thinking. You're like, don't give people this advice. It's all about me. Uh, I'm sorry, kids. If you grow up to be really messed up, that's why. Didn't want anyone else to have a cuddle nap with you. You sometimes feel like you wish you could bottle those little moments like I'm talking about. And just for me... And no matter how lovely it is, there can be a point when it stops working. So when does having these naps on you or like contact naps stop being such a good thing? So like we've said, it is when you start to realise that it's disruptive for the baby or you need to remove yourself for whatever reason. But I think the main one, you know, a lot of parents will or caregivers will make something work for longer than it really is if it's still working for the child at the point when it stops working for the child that's when parents can sort of reason with it and say okay it's not working for them now so we need to make the change so that will be if suddenly the nap is becoming disrupted if they're not settling as quickly or if they're not sleeping for as long um, or if they're waking up and they're just they just seem really tired then they've not gone into that nice deep restorative sleep and you need to make a change i yeah i mean i think like I would probably love to do it more often, but like both, it's not, it doesn't really work for me and our lifestyle, but also I, I notice a knock on effect. So mm-hmm. technically we've kind of done not quite contact naps this last weekend. Well, they were, I guess they were, they were in the carrier. So they're yeah. the, like what we're talking mm-hmm. about. And um, he uh, has woke up at five the last 
two mornings having mm-hmm. had them because even though he had a fairly decent sleep, it wasn't as decent as it would have been at home and yeah. we did it two days in a row. Yeah. So he might have like, we'd have recovered from one, but now we're in two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But sometimes you need to. Sometimes yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, and that's works. where you want the flexibility. So you don't want to ever get to a point where they will only sleep in one place either. So it's important. And that's, you know, whether that's the cot, the pram or a cuddle nap, you want that flexibility. So don't get to a point where you are restricted to only one place. Is he, is he literally you saying cuddle nap just then? made me go, oh, I no. want to do that. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about it and actually like, Emily, when she had COVID a couple of years ago, she fell asleep on me. And I just got a real flashback to how lovely it was. <laughs> Apart from the fact that she was like burning a huge temperature. But, you know, you don't, when they're that age, you just don't get it at all anymore. And it is, you know, it's lovely. It is lovely. Totally. Uh, we had that, like, four fell asleep on holiday, like, at dinner, like, after, you know, at, just at the table. Because yeah. he was, like, five or six, you know. And, um... Yeah, it's so nice to yeah. kind of have that when they're a wee bit older too, because it does, they just, that moment then takes you back into them totally, being a baby. Totally, like, yeah. And it sort of also, I think, makes you realise how little they still are, because yeah. sometimes it can feel like, oh, they're so grown up. Definitely. And then they do something like that, and you're like, well, an adult's not going to do that. Yeah. I might try and force Harry to like fall asleep on me at bedtime yeah. tonight or something, be like, come and have a cuddle on that. <laughs> Like a weird parent. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. He's alive it. in it as a little bit. <laughs> no. He's not going to go for it. There is no such thing as bad habit or uh, creating a rod for your back. But if all your baby has ever known is sleeping on you, it can be a difficult, or, or, or sleeping holding your finger, it can be a difficult thing to switch up. So how do you go about making the change? You're ready, you're going, do you know what, this isn't working for them or me, what do I do? So you need to have a plan. <laughs> Everyone needs to be on board. Um, and you need to know what your end goal is. You know, if you instantly decide okay I don't want them sleeping anywhere near me and I just want them going in the cot and nobody's going to go near them that's up to you if that's what you've decided and that's what you need to follow through with personally I think to go from a full body nap to nothing is a huge step for everybody I quite like the sound so. of a full body nap <laughs> rather than just like a hand nap <laughs> sorry I'm being really silly today so I would calm them down, you know, give them that comfort, give them that cuddle, calm them right down and then place them in wherever they're going. Now, if it's a buggy or a car seat and you're going to be on the move, then that's that's you made that break. You know, you, you can't push the buggy and hold their hand or anything like that. So you've just made that decision. And would you ever do that. that as a kind of like in between? So as Use a the way, buggy. Or just a kind of a middle ground to move them away from like... Definitely. So, yeah. Yep, yeah. Make the transition as easy as you want to because the alternative is to put them in the cot but then you can use all the hands-on settling techniques to calm them down when they're in the cot so you're still hands-on at this point so that's your sort of transitional phase. And presumably, and I mean, I that. guess you might have been using <clears throat> feeding and then they just fell asleep but you probably have been doing something else as well. Like you might have been patting their bum or yeah. you might have been kind of rocking them. You generally or... do. Like if you speak to people and say, you know, what, how are you holding them? If they're on their tummy on your mm. chest, 
then I, and, they're and they're old enough, old enough, and they can move freely. Then putting them on their tummy is an instant comfort for them. And if you, they are on your tummy, you know, you, nine times out of ten, you rub their yeah. back or you pat their bottom in that position, yeah. or as you're burping them and things like that. Yeah. So recreating that is an instant comfort for the baby when you're first putting them down. And see about making that transition as easy as possible. Could you start with a thing that we say not to do? But could you start with them falling asleep? on you and then putting them down (laughs) (laughs) no okay (laughs) yeah of course you could if you want to but i guess you could do that like let them fall asleep on you rouse them make them aware that they're going into the car no no that's not gonna work you're just gonna confuse yourself problem you're gonna end up with a real tantrumy settle at that point so no, because far... you want them to be aware of where they're going yeah, to sleep exactly and you know that is the biggest comfort for them is getting them to sleep in the place that they're going to sleep just like if they're sleeping on you you get them to sleep in that position if they're in the sling you get them to sleep in that position if they're going into the cot you get them to sleep in the cot okay that's me told yeah sorry <laughs> I wasn't even capable of being you're not gentle ed- about no, that you're not entertaining that for me <laughs> We're not like one way or the highway type people because we know people and parenting don't work like that. But with contact napping, can you do it sometimes or not? Or do you have to stop doing it altogether if you've been doing it? No, you can absolutely do it sometimes. This comes down to the flexibility and that idea of, you know, if you've got your consistent routine, you can change up where they nap. And so it's really good. Like I was saying at the beginning, you know, a planned contact nap is totally fine. So one that I, with clients that I always really like is when they're just transitioning away from like the three or four naps and they're dropping down, choose your shortest nap and make that a contact nap. Yeah. And then you know that you've got that in. And it's actually really nice, like ahead of that kind of bedtime routine time to have just that time where you you're forced to then sit down and take a bit of a chill before that next part of the day starts so yeah 100% plan a contact nap if it's important to you but because you've then got other times of the day where they can sleep in other places if for some reason you're not there for the contact nap or you just can't do it on a particular day it doesn't matter because they're used to other environments so it's not a huge drastic change sometimes you know, or like a lot of things, if it, if they're used to sleeping on you, if it's not a mixture of people, actually having someone else do a bedtime or a nap time that you would normally have contact that might help get out of. I feel like yeah. I've jumped back a bit. Yeah, no, but it can though. It's, it is definitely like breaking a cycle if the you've been things doing, that yeah. you've been doing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, anything that you put in place to change that, if you're ready, is a good thing. Yeah. And so you could do you could do like one a day or yep. it could be once a week once or, a week you know, or just at weekends. Yeah. Quite a lot of people yeah. will find themselves, especially if you know, if if you're back at work and the parents are out all the time at work and they've missed all those things, they'll quite often do a sort of variation of contact nap at the yeah. weekend, at, whether it's that they've all fallen asleep on the couch yeah. or they do actually oh God, co-sleep. That sounds amazing. Oh god, I know, I mean I live for those days, but yeah. <laughs> it never happens with my Duracell bunnies. <laughs> I think, yeah, maybe I've just fallen asleep on the couch. Yeah. They've, they've watched the movie around me. Well, that's kind of the dream, too. <laughs> we love to answer your listener questions because they're real questions from real parents, and it's really important to us to give you real information back. This week, we've got a question from Holly. 
my daughter Eva falls asleep on me really quickly, but I can't lie her in her cot at all. I figured she'd cry out of this need for me to hold her to sleep, but she's just not. So I'd like to start doing things while she sleeps, but I'm not trapped. Can you help? Thank you so much for your question. I mean, obviously that comes back to everything that we've we've said. You know, it, when they fall asleep in your arms, you kind of get used to that, and then you can't. You know, you can't do the falling asleep in your arms and then put them in your cot because you get tied up in that kind of. They don't know where they are. Definitely. So it's just really important to make sure that they do know what environment they're in. And the th- the whole thing with the environment and then falling asleep on you and then being moved is that instantly, as soon as you take them off you, their little environment has changed because they get a little bit colder. They have that movement. So it's the change Smells. from being on you to being in the cot, which startles them and they then wake up mm-hmm. and you end up in this cycle of then up, down, up, down, trying to get them to sleep on yeah. you replace them in the cot so yeah comforting them into the cot and getting them to sleep in the cot is the fastest way to make the change so using the hands-on settling techniques really really being there for them have your white noise or your shush noise whatever you've decided and use the same routine that you would at bedtime so if you use sleeping bag at bedtime use your sleeping bag during the day shut your curtains things like that it's not going to be as dark as it is at night time but it does still give them that more secure environment for going into the cult and if if holly wanted to do i don't know how many naps she's doing but say say it's say she's on three naps would you for that period of time i know ultimately you maybe want to mix it up but would you just go right just practice cot 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 the whole time to kind of get them used to it rather than or or would you mix it up right from the get-go? I'm more inclined to mix it up from the get-go. However, if you were doing a lot of changes, so if you were looking at reducing contact napping, changing how many wake-ups you were having at night, maybe night weaning, you know, if you're doing a lot of changes, then I would say go for one thing. So just go for the cot naps because you're making so many changes. You want three to five days of hard-hitting, let's get this sorted. However, if you're just changing contact napping, I would say just keep it flexible and try and nap in as many places as possible. That sounds that sort of feels funny though, doesn't it? Because it's like the more you're doing, the more intense. Definitely focus on it. Mm -hmm. I suppose. Yeah, that might freak some people out. It can, but the logic behind that is that you're going to get to your end goal much quicker because you are being consistent, and that is the key thing with everything. So it does work better. I think there's also that this comes can come true for or be the case for a lot of different elements of parenting, right? But that, like, you think they're going to grow out of something and that's kind of you... Well, sometimes you hope that they're going to make the decision yeah. and then other times you're... And then you're like, oh my God, I'm going to have to choose to do... I'm going to have to do mm-hmm. something active to do this. But sometimes I think in those circumstances you're actually reluctant to because you keep thinking oh well they'll maybe they're going to change at some point and then it won't have been me forcing this decision Mm -hmm. on them but that's true like you say for so much like I cannot tell you how many inquiries we get that they say we thought that they would you know we can't believe we're now getting in touch at this age we thought they would just grow out of it or there was a glimmer a few months ago and it felt like they were just going to grow out of it and now here we are it's all so much worse um so yeah, I mean anything like that, you really do need to assist them. Like a baby isn't suddenly going to sit up one day and say, 
actually. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I'm done with this now. <laughs> done with that. I want sleep in my cot for every sleep. So uh, you, you're looking at their needs and you're looking at what's changed for them and saying, okay, it's time to make that change. And a wee bit of what's changing for you, you know. Like, Definitely. It is, it is okay to say, oh. I... I really love this, Mm -hmm. but it's actually not what I want to do the whole time because I can be a better parent or Mm -hmm. I can be more present the rest of the time if I get on and do blah. Yep, absolutely. Life goes on, that's the thing, you know, as much as we would love to put a stop to the washing and the tidying up and everything else, it's not realistic and we do have to do things. And actually saving it all up to do in the evening when they're in bed isn't practical either so having that time during the day to get on with stuff is really important yeah and like there's you know there's a nice idea about oh well I could just move to doing sling naps or whatever given that we've kind of talked about that but my experience is and it might not be the same for all babies that if I keep a consistent pace like go for a walk that could be Mm -hmm. a long sleep but if you're actually trying to do things around the home yeah or anywhere if you're actually like going into shops or mm-hmm. you know de- changing environments that tends to completely disrupt those naps yeah as well Definitely. i remember like when indy was really little and i was like walking around the the block to get her to sleep all the time so, like which is obviously a different thing but in terms of environments was really weird like when i went into tesco she would wake up but when i went into MS, she'd stay asleep and i think <laughs> it was something to do with like they had their fridges in it at a higher level or they had more fridges so it was like more white noise it was just like weird but I was like oh my god this child has like expensive taste she just wants me to be an M&S just indeed <laughs> totally I know what a diva from the beginning we hope that helped Holly uh, as Sarah said at the start if you have a message we would love to hear from you if you have a listener question we'd love to hear from you so get in touch on our socials at the sleep mums on Instagram Facebook TikTok uh, or you could send us an email hello at the or jump on our website and there's a wee contact form you can send us a message on there <laughs> Contact napping is one of those things that the internet feels very passionately about. There tends to be two camps, like so many things. One says that every nap should be in a crib or a cot and that contact naps should not be done because of a fear of sleep associations. The second says that all naps should be contact naps. Hold them, enjoy them. It creates a better bond with your child. And honestly, it's what mother nature intended. But as we're guessing, you know, it's not and doesn't need to be one way or the other. Babies are hard. You also need time yourself, but holding them and cuddling them is delicious. It can be both things and there can be sleep solutions for both too. As ever, we hope this helped. If it did, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a lovely review. Haven't said that in a while. And come find us on social media. We are at the Sleep Mums in all the usual places. Look after yourselves and sleep soon.